everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Dum Dum Die, an all-female, all-awesome D&D 5th edition homebrew podcast and interactive Twitch stream. It is set in my homebrew world of Kalandos on the continent of Astra, and I am Carla, the GM, and around the table are my amazing players who are going to introduce themselves. Hi everyone, I am Lena, and I play Andromati Changeling Druid. And I absolutely can't fly. There was no need to rescue me. Hi guys, I'm Nelly. I play Kira Nightingale, the half of Sorcerer. And yeah, I'm excited for tonight's night's stream. And I'm Wednesday and I play a Lauren Skyvale, the Azamar Paladin. So for those of you who did not know, as a quick recap, our players did finally manage to get off the airship and they managed to convince the captain for four gold pieces to let them off at the underneath platform. So I don't know if they're sewers, if they're in the sky, sky sewers, but they're really nice and fancy sewers. So it's not actually for sewerage. They have another plan for that. Sewers. Um, <laughs> no. drains. No guys, they have that like recyclable composting situation, but it's not for any gardening that you eat for the hedges. For the topiaries. As they landed on the platform, they noticed that the captain had a tattoo on his right temple. And when they landed on the platform, I made them roll to jump from the airship to the platform, thinking, cool, the thing is five, no one's gonna fail. Lena did fail, started to fall. The other three, Zetu, the NPC, and Kira and Aloran, tried to save Andromach, also failing quite miserably. As they were all sliding off the platform, Never mind the fact that we all forgot Lena can wild shape. We all saved her by having four NPCs arrive. One human, one half-elf, and two halflings, all wearing hooded cloaks, looking quite mysterious, all with tattoos on their right side of their temple, which, upon closer inspection, appeared to look like the shape of a cloth. And at that point, unveiled that the half-elf was actually indeed Bob the butler, who has said, it is wonderful to see you, Lauren. We pick up. I am going to look up and say, this isn't what you think it is. I was willing and ready to return. You know him? And I'm just going to look at both Lauren and this the stranger. Uh, uh, sorry, sir. May you please introduce yourself? I'd like to thank our rescuers. Oh, 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 are we expected, Kira? I, I don't think they even know who we are. Okay, I think. I mean, yeah. But anyway. Okay. Zetu is just going to look very confused. And then as soon as Lauren starts talking like he knows the person, she's just going to roll her eyes and fold her arms. Like, okay, let's just see where this goes because she's actually had enough of it. Lauren, are you trying to be deceptive when you say you were no, totally ready I'm to return? No, I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to be... Aloran, I'm trying to be 150% honest. He's first going to address Aloran and say, I'm glad you believe that you were willing to return, but it has been two years. So uh, your return would have been best served two years, three hours, and 25 minutes ago. You can see he knows the exact moment you left. The blood is draining from Aloran's face. He turns to you, Kira. And he says, my sincere apologies. And he gestures to the group and everyone does quite a formal bow to yourself, Andromach and Zetu in turn. And he says, 
apologies, ladies. I am not sure why you are with uh, this scoundrel, but you may be on your way and let us not stop you from your time in Il Uranos. We, however, have business that is two years, three hours and 28 minutes delayed that needs to be sorted out. Andromach is just going to let the small giggle escape. Like, <laughs> they called a Lauren a scoundrel. <laughs> that was out of character, by the way. I'm not going to laugh in this <laughs> in this moment. I'm going to like kind of stand a bit closer to Lauren. He is a comrade of ours, and he's here to help us track down a, a murderer. Good sir, I'm sure you can understand why we are in a rush to attend to our business as well. What what is your business with Lauren? If if you don't mind me asking. Bob says, Madam, I am sure that is quite serious, but what Aloran has done has been ill-fitting to the fate of all who live on Il Uronos. From the other three, you almost hear that like as they all take out a handkerchief from, and you realize underneath their cloaks, they're actually wearing suits and they even have like a kerchief in their top left pocket. And they take out the kerchief, which is actually a dust cloth, and they do that whip and that thwip. And you can almost tell that it's as an accentuation to what Bob the butler is saying, a gesture they use to like almost like shame, shame with it. Thwip, thwip. Just as a side note, Aloran has not stood up. And everyone is going to like frown at Aloran and say, what did you do now? Who are these people? Why aren't you telling us? I'm going to stare at Zetsu and kind of like, kind of whisper, I'm so sorry that you're with us. And then look at Bob. I don't know his name yet, but I'll look at Bob and say, is it possible for us to attend to this en route to our business? Or I don't mean to, to, to be rude, but what could he have possibly done to risk the future of this fine Skyland? I see he has kept you in the dark. I can understand that he would want to hide his own shame. Swap as they all go. And they all do it like near Lauren, like, yes. Chat over or under, please. Chat to decide the fate of Zetu. In his full plate armor, he would have rolled up into a tiny little ball and started sobbing. But since he can't, he's just kind of lying there awkwardly. Because chat has said under Zetu has officially had enough. She doesn't believe that you will ever get her to her destination. So she's leaving. She takes a step to the side and you can see it's quite tentative to see if anyone's going to try attack her or anything. Bob stops what he's saying and he says, Madam, she turns and after you whispered to her, I'm so sorry. She like nods her head in acquiescence to you, Kira, but to Aloran, she says... I had thought they could help me avenge my husband's death, but they have led to nothing but delays and trouble. So I will leave you and your business with them together, and I will be on my way. And then Bob says, of course, Lady Zetu, as you were. And she goes, thank you. And she starts leaving. Alarn is going to shout after her, you can't fight her by yourself. She turns and she says... You're assuming I would fight fair. And she starts turning again to to leave. I mean, she's not wrong. Lauren assumes everybody fights fair. 
I'm going to be looking at Zetu walking away and I kind of look at her longingly because I'm thinking the more of a head start she has compared to us, the more likely I am to miss out on actually speaking to Isaiah. Lauren, whatever you did, make right for right now. We need to go. We need to go now. Please. Who? Jog after Zetu. The other three turn to follow you and you can see they're very warily watching you as you go. I don't care about that. And Bob is going to nod his head at the three and then they turn back to Lauren and Kira. Lauren uh, is going to stand up slowly and in a non-threatening manner and say to Bob, I will come with you. It's very important that her highness knows about this danger to the city. And then I'm going to nod at Kira. I will pick up here after I hear what Andrew Mach is doing. You jog after Zetu. She is heading down the almost hangar-like open space towards the metal concrete walls that are inlaid and towards a door there. And she's going towards the door to open the door. So I'm going to jog after her and just call out her name. Lady Zetu, Lady Zetu, just a moment, please. She stops and she turns and she says, make it quick, you have delayed me long enough. I, I realise that, my lady, but I, I do not think that haste is going to get you the vengeance you crave. From the little I've heard about this woman, she is very dangerous. I, I, I know that um, we must seem like an inept bunch of, of um, adventurers, but honestly, I, I really think that we can help you in this. Are you trying to persuade her? Yes. Please roll persuasion. Six. I'm going to use my inspiration. Twelve. That is better because she matched you at six. So she pauses and then she says, what would you have me do? I, I don't even know where to find her. Do you? I think we can help each other in this. Uh, I, I really think that Kira knows how to get to this woman. I think she knows how to deal with this woman. And if, if you're just a little bit patient, we can pre do proper preparation before we head into this extremely dangerous situation. Trust me, your husband isn't going to be served by you dying. She turns back towards the group and turns her back to the door. And she says, I will give you two hours to extricate yourselves. After that, nothing more. I suppose that's fair. I just hope that Lauren isn't in deeper than he's letting on. At which point, when you where look back... Where can we find you? <laughs> So when you say, where can you can we find you? You can see her eyes widen. So you were looking at Zetu. As you look back, you see Bob now has a Lauren's sword. One of the acolytes had passed him the sword. And oh. he is very threateningly wiping the sword with his dust cloth. As he replies to Lauren. Oh no, dear boy, it is too late for that. You are not going to her highness. Her highness dismissed me from her service. The entire family dismissed me from her service for your rash actions, which not only affected the whole of Il Uranos, but myself as well. So 
myself and other compatriots who have come to care for the safety of all those on top city, as you would call it, he says, looking at you, Kira, have formed the Order of the Cloth. And it is our job to make sure things stay clean and nice. And your return can only make things messier. They sound like the Brotherhood of Blame right now. AKA the Brotherhood of Blame. Brotherhood of Blame. (laughs) The Butlerhood of Blame. There we go. (laughs) And it actually stands for Bob. As I turn around and see this, I'm just when gonna, I'm just gonna do this expression of like, oh, for heaven's sakes, I can't turn my back on them for a second. We'll see you in two hours, and I'm gonna start jogging back to the rest of the group. Yeah. So uh, as Bob says that, I'm going to cast light on myself in a big, huge way, <laughs> and say, I cannot allow you to prevent me from bringing myself to justice. The moment I realize that Lauren is actually going to want to fight this, I'm going to, I want to cast Firebolt on, not Bob directly, but on the sword. Kind of like to like lift it upwards. If I burn his fingers, I'm sorry, but like, he's a, he looks a bit too threatening and I want to try to show them that I mean business. So as Andromach takes off back towards the group, Zetu is going to shout, you can find me at the Rusty Dragon. And then she exits through the door and also replies back. And she says, two hours and no more. And then she goes into the doorway and into what is unknown to you. At this, can everyone please roll initiative for me? Four. I raised your four with a nat one. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, you were further away from the conversation. At which point you do get to cast your firebolt. Uh, you cast light, Lauren, and uh, Andromach, you can make your run towards there as part of a surprise round. Roll your attack, please, Kira. 16. On the sword. So what are you trying to do? Think of it scooping the, the sword out from Bob's hands. And I just want to, like, just pretty much fling it somewhere else. So towards Lauren, possibly. I'm going to actually, if I can curve it towards Lauren. Yeah, I mean, it is a magical firebolt, so you can gesture that it almost goes like a wave goes out and then comes back yeah. underneath the sword and back towards you yeah so let me like you know bend it like beckham and just make that firebolt <laughs> curve roll your damage four your firebolt goes underneath the sword hits it does manage to knock it out of bob's grasp as he wasn't prepared for that and you can see you have actually singed a slight scorch mark on the sword which, Lauren, you can see as the sword comes flying in the air, please make a sleight of hand check to catch your sword. Unnatural 20. Good. So Yay. you don't grab it by the pointy end. You grab it by the hilt <laughs> as you catch it from the sky as it comes soaring towards you. And as you catch it in your hand, cool. you see that on the inside of the sword, so the part closest towards your heart, if you turn to look at your palm, yeah. has a singe mark on it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm avoiding eye contact I'm right crying now. on the inside and possibly on the outside because nobody can see my face right now. So <laughs> all good. You just look like in, in those old alien movies where they, there was always like a glowing being that just held yeah. out its hand. That's you. <laughs> Andrew Mark, you're going to use your action to run towards the yes. group, back towards yes. the group? Yes. All right. You come up almost behind Bob, Oster, Frank, 
and Lucane. And that brings it to the top of the round. Bob <laughs> shakes his hand and he checks his, his dust cloth is fine. He says, this doesn't have to be a fight. All we want to do is make sure that my honor is restored. If you want your honor to be restored, help us save not only this nation in the sky, but the rest of the continent by defeating the Conky Killer. That would by far restore your, your dignity and your honor. Good sir. He says to you, what do you know of the Conky Killer? There, there have been no killings here. Why would we care? So we'll pause out of initiative. So while we have this discussion, unless, you know, someone wants to do a sneak attack or wants to do anything else. There's a reason why you have not had a killing here. It shames me to say this, but the killer is one of your own. Someone within the upper echelon, upper echelons of this city. If you don't stop them, who knows where they'll end up killing more people. How do you know this? The other three take their cloths, and it's almost like, you know, back in the day how, how women used to use fans to, you know, hide their mouths and, like, discuss things and, and use it almost as an additional gesture. So they've all mm. covered their mouths with their cloths and are dabbing their mouth in what you can tell is almost like a very worried gesture. We know this because we were charged with the mission of tracking down this killer. And we found someone who was posing as the killer, but was merely a puppet. My own sister sacrificed her life to save us. And now we know who the true person is. He turns to you and he says, Lauren, what do you have to say for th about this? You have to take us to Her Highness so that we can warn her of the dangers of Isaiah's Murderous intent. And what proof do I have that you're not going to dishonor me again? And I bring you before Her Highness, and you are there to say that one of our esteemed members of society is not only psychopathic, but has also deemed to go down and experiment kill people in order to keep faith with you i offer my life if we are wrong chat over or under andrew mark you have arrived so unless you want to do a sneak attack um are you going to come around and join the conversation because you're sort of standing behind the back but you can see that at least two of the acolytes are keeping an eye on you i am gonna walk right up to, next to Bob and stand there and look at Kira and, and Lauren. And after they have this discussion, I'm just going to lean over to Bob and say, well, I didn't know any of this either. Okay. Really? Are you trying to, are you trying to persuade him that you don't? Because you do know some of it. Please no roll your deception. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. I might, might as well use uh, other dice as well because that's my second that one for the night. E snaps the duster at your face and it draws the tiniest bit of blood as it whips so quickly that you didn't even see it move. You heard the sound after you got cut and it's almost like the cloth is extremely sharp. You know, that feeling of 
when you don't even know you've gotten cut until like 10 seconds afterwards. As please take four points of damage. Cleaning is dangerous, guys. Dust cloths. A chamois will chamois you. Chamois! Dust is true weapon of the psychopath. That's why so many teen horror slasher fests have the janitor slicing up all the teeth. It's true. It's because teens are dirty, guys. It's I'm real. Teens are that, gross. That, that, is, that, that escalated. Animal isn't going to even notice the cut. And she is just going to say, I think it's about time that Lauren came clean because, you know, he keeps things from me and Gira the whole time. And honestly, if, oh, uh. And then you realize and he looks at you and he says, Madam, for your own safety, I would stand by your companions. Uh, uh, yes, and I'm just going to sidle. I'm going to just towards Adam and I'm just like, just come here, young sweet sh- summer child, you. Just, just, just come here. And, just, and I'm going to like, just shove, kind of like shove her behind me and say, please shut <laughs> At which point he turns back to Lauren and you can actually see and you hadn't noticed because they move so silently. But the other three had almost moved to each point in like a compass. So they're surrounding you and each one takes their dust cloth and flicks it to the right. And you can see magic crackle along the edge as it forms an golden arc around and creates almost like a Faraday cage with you guys inside and each one of the cult of the cloth forming the edge of the Faraday. They're also in the Faraday cage, right? This is impressive. This is really cool. Yeah, it's that's all that static electricity from like shamwang, shamuing, shamming. He turns to you and with the utmost venom, but it's deadpan venom, as he says, your word means nothing. Your life means nothing. It is a merely a blip on the table of my life, which I'd love to clean off. And Marcus, out of nowhere, going to say, Ow! Wait, me? <laughs> He's just going to raise an eyebrow. And then when you look at the Faraday cage, you see the tip of his duster, because they're all white, the dusters. The tip of his duster is the tiniest shade of pink. I'm going to look outraged at this situation. How could you? What the? Why would you? That's what happens when you talk to people out of turn. Calm down. Here's a cloth, just like, and I'm trying to like dab it. But that was dab so it. mean. And not burns. There, there. Can I just turn back to Bob? I was like, you may not, may not care about this young man's life, but we are not lying to you. And then he says, oh, no, I know. And then everyone can roll O'Connor, but like, I mean, I doubt. I laugh at Lauren, nap 20. He's like, I know what this is. <laughs> 22. Of course, this is where I get like a dirty 20. You all need to please at the same time make a saving throw for me, a charisma oh. saving throw. I have a bad thing about this. What if they're like, they're all, they're all clockworks, guys? 12. 2. Oh, so, so, are you so sorry? <laughs> I am so upset because I got cut on the cheek by some unknown freaking sauce, whatever that thing is that he's carrying. He says, oh, I know you won't be lying to me. You all realize that the Faraday cage of magic that they've cast is actually a zone of truth. And so 
you can't speak a lie unless you got over 17, which Lauren did. But oddly enough, Lauren doesn't actually lie. lie. You know it is a zone of truth, so you cannot speak a deliberate lie. But, you know, if you choose to speak or not to speak, that is a... Like at this point, you cannot persuade them. You just cannot speak a lie. And he says, all right, why should I take you to her highness and have your foul face besmirch her doorstep again. I'm just going to raise my hand in the back. I I don't want to go to her highness. He raises an eyebrow and you can see they all look at each other. Um, Let me just check if they know who failed or saved. Next time we go shopping, I'm going to go buy buy a muzzle for you. I am so going to buy a muzzle for Andrema. You can see that one halfling just sort of like Shrugs his shoulders at the others like, okay. And you can realize that they all know who would have been affected by it or not. So they're like, okay, I mean, thanks thanks for that information. It's like that, that one kid who's like, no, ma'am, ma'am, I wasn't the one also talking with them. But ma'am, but ma'am, I was just sitting here. I'm going to respond. Because Isaiah is on the upper echelon of society in Illorinus, she is probably quite close to Her Highness and within Her Highness's inner circle. That is why it is best that we warn Her Highness forthwith. What makes you suspect Isaiah? Lauren knows for a fact that it is Isaiah. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, I know. know I know it's Isaiah. (laughs) Just my heart. My heart and my head saying no. I watched her... I watched her turn her own child evil. And in the midst of that battle, that child was forced to sacrifice her life. And now her second daughter comes in search of her mother's vile evil. Okay, so I rolled a nat 20 to see if he could piece that together. But then you also (laughs) made it extra, like, easy. They all sort of turn and look at you, Kira, because you mentioned that your sister sacrificed herself. And Lauren's mentioned yes. and her own daughter. And they kind of feel like it's not Andromach. Who's like, I don't, ma'am, but ma'am, I don't want to go. But ma'am, I was sitting quietly. I don't want to go to detention. I'm going to lift my chin up high and say what he says is true. She is my Andromach mother. Andromach is just going to make this little aghast noise from the back. <gasps> I knew that we were hunting Isaiah. But I don't think at any single point did I know that Kira was Isaiah's daughter. You're allowed Every to gasp. Every time I wanted to say Isaiah, Kira would shut me down. Basically, I was always like, not in front of people. But we... <laughs> and yet here um, we are. And now, within the zone of truth, you cannot stop me from being... <laughs> <laughs> but you're the only one who could lie. I'm going to lift my head up high and say, it is true. Isaiah is my mother. This was recent news to me, but I'm still committed to bring her to justice. And I also have some questions for her, what she's done to my sister and many others who may be in your circles right now who are perhaps clockworks too. What do you mean clockworks? One of her puppets, Banquo, who was posing as the Conky killer. It was revealed to us that the people he, she killed, the serial killer killed, their bodies were found of these pieces these mechanisms inside their bodies and it was almost a way for her to like somehow control them or try to do something with their bodies to manipulate them in some way even my sister 
had one of these clockworks inside of her. And I believe that Isaiah uses these things, these clockworks to control people. She did that to Banquo, her puppet. She did that to other people we've met along the way. They were under her control. So for all you know, there are people within El Ornos who are also clockworks and may reveal themselves when it's too late to fight her. As it was with Lady Zetu's husband. We have a clockwork as proof. Is that not so, Lauren? I don't have it, but we took the second one. He says Lady Zetu's husband was a clockwork? We don't know. When we found him, he was dead. Yeah. All we know is we found that someone had tried to manipulate his body as well. There was an implement in his chest. So for all we know, the killer tried to do something to manipulate his body. Chat over or under. They have said under, over, under, under. So it is going to be under as he is definitely going to believe you. We don't die. the zone of truth, you start to see, he turns to the three of you and he says, one moment. And he closes his eyes and then they close their eyes one after the other. And as they do, you start to see magic flicker through the cloth into the Faraday cage and it starts to change ever so slightly to that Nokia color, that old school Nokia (laughs) that like when you look at it this way, it's purple and over here it's blue and over there it's green. (laughs) Like like, what color is it? I don't know, but it's like all on the shades of purple, green and blue. Kira, please roll perception on Arcana for me. So Arcana, not 20, 24. And perception, 11. Okay, of course, everyone recognizes that the magic is changing. You realize they are casting a detect magic scry for magic. And amongst the three, you have one round to do something before they can detect magic on you. Also, thank you. in my mind, they hadn't, you know, already made clockworks, but they totally have now. Thanks, Kira. <laughs> you are going to have one round before they discover something untoward. With your perception, sorry, you also realize that you think they have a very strong hatred for Lauren. Like, their hatred for Lauren is unparalleled. But you feel like they are genuinely lawful people who will Mm. do the right thing. And you are in a zone of truth. So if you explained yourself or explained anything, they would believe it. Would I be able to tell that with the way they're they're using this magic with me moving around the zone of truth won't affect it? Like this Faraday cage, it won't affect where they pick up the detect magic, right? They would definitively know it's from you. Uh, It's almost like it's coming from the outer edge of the Faraday cage, like in an enclosing circle. Mm-hmm. So they would get the blip off you specifically. I was going to like hold hands and be like, guess, it's like, mini, mini, money, money. Guess okay, who it is. Uh, yeah, you, you can't like yeah. pretend it's, it's Lauren or someone. In the split second that you think of this idea, you think if it was in a Lauren, they'd just murder him because then they would have a they, reason. They, they, yeah, and their rights to just kill him. The moment I notice if they do that, I'm going to try to, if I tell me if I can do this, I'm going to try to suppress that part inside me, that, that piece of, uh, of foreign magic inside of me. Roll a percentile for me. Chat, I actually want something different this time. I want three ranges. So like 0 to 45 and like 45 to 90 and then 90 to 100. But you can make up three ranges. 
Okay, so 1 to 13, 14 to 87, sorry, and 88 to 100. Kira, what is the percentile you rolled? I got 21. If you had got 1 to 13, you would have been able to totally tamp it down. Between 14 to 88, you are going to be able to partially tamper it and you're okay. 88 to 100, you would have absolutely been able to temper it, but your magic would also have been gone. Um, Don't do that to me. That's scary. Because you're trying to like hide magic from inside yourself. You've got to search for the magic inside yourself. Search for the secrets you have. You feel it pass over you as you can sense that you have dampened it so it doesn't come across so strong at which point they all open their eyes the faraday cage goes back to the golden coloring and they all look at you kira and they say do you want to share with us what is going on or should we ask the questions roll perception three they are definitively going to be like blatantly are you a clockwork did your mom you know they're like, even though you try to hide it, they're definitely going to s- s- let your secret out. So there's like one drop of sweat going down the side of my face. I cannot tell you what I do not know. Ooh. Nice. Well played. Nice. As Bob looks contemplatively and he says, I'm sure we can figure out what that strange magic within you is and how it is connected, if it is connected. And it brings it to us to the end of this week's episode. You can do that because it's not a lie. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to turn and look hurt like you lied to me again. Uh, Jeez, don't even get started with this, Lauren. <laughs> so all bad. women, guys. As, <laughs> as it becomes no, like a woman. As it no, becomes like a Mexican like this woman that lies to me all the time. This like Mexican standoff of <gasps> as everyone looks at each other like shocked at all the lies. Exactly. <laughs> Like just this chain of how could you? No, how could you? Yeah, I actually want to say that to Lauren. We don't even know what you've done. So how can you even blame me for something I don't? I haven't even done at all. Andromach, is there anything you'd like to add? That's what Lauren is just going to say. Andromach is super confused. (laughs) (laughs) She's just going to look at the two of them. It's like, what didn't you do yet, Kira? What magic are they talking about? Is there something, something that you? You haven't told... You know what? Both of you are bad people. You're not telling me anything. But ma'am, I didn't... I wasn't even there. (laughs) We will pick up where we left off in this riveting conversation of blame, shock and awe in next week's episode of Dum Dum Die. And and some Spanish and and a little bit of chamois French. Yeah, everyone bring your dust cloth. Keep your stream clean. Remember, if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends, foes, families, and familiars. And look out for the podcast tomorrow, every Wednesday. And a huge thank you, as always, to my players who make everything an adventure. To chat, who you actually didn't hinder or harm the players. You actually helped and um, Kira keep her magic. 
which I'm sure she's very, very thankful for. I've thanked you guys. I've thanked Chat, who's amazing, and we're so glad to see them here every week. That's all the thanking that needs to be thanked. We are bringing it to a close, and I'm sorry, this is a very confused close, but share friends, foes, families, and familiars. Thank you. Thank them. And remember, you can find us on all the socials at Dum Dum Die, spelled D-U-M-D-U-M-D-I-E. We're also on TikTok now, Dum Dum Die Pod, so you can follow us there. I'm going to be putting, if you clip anything from Twitch, I'm going to be putting that up there. And then, you know, maybe we're going to do some GM tips. Maybe we're going to do, you know, who knows? It's TikTok. We're going to have fun and have a most amazing week and stay safe and hope it is filled with adventure. Bye.